Time out when there's gaps in coverage. Every team needs a player that they can count on to help out. Aflac Supplemental Insurance can help close the gap between what health insurance covers and what it doesn't. When you're sick or injured, bills can rack up fast. Aflac pays cash that can be put towards medical expenses like co-pays or even non-medical expenses like groceries or rent. Get help with expenses that health insurance does not cover. Visit Affleck.com to learn more. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour two on this Thursday. Glad to have you part of the program. Dan and the Dan and Stan Patrick Show. Talk some basketball coming up. Spent some time with Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk in the first hour. We talked about the situation with Saquon Barkley and the Giants. Can you find a happy medium here? If he wants $16 million, the Giants are offering $13 million. Can you get there at around $14 million? The, I think, holdup would be how long is the contract? You know, if I'm going to give you $14 million for two years, Saquon may go, no, I'd like to have maybe a four-year deal or a five-year deal. I don't know if the Giants are going to cave in, but I think that that seems to be the storyline with the NFL going into training camp. One week until camp's open, you still have Dalvin Cook and you still have DeAndre Hopkins, who are on the outside looking in as well. Big two weeks coming up for the Angels and Shohei Otani with the trade deadline. And it feels like the sentiment is growing towards the Angels should trade Shohei Otani. Now, should, and if so, have you been working behind the scenes with any of these teams? Because you would think that if that was happening, that you're kind of kicking the tires on these organizations of, what could you give us? That, that would eventually get out. Hey, the Angels, from what I'm hearing reached out to, and then whatever that team is, the Mets or it's the Dodgers or the Yankees, whoever it might be. But I would wonder if you're asking for something. You know, did Portland reach out to any teams to explore what could they get in return for Damian Lillard? I don't think they did because it felt like they were waiting for Dame to say, I want out. Now they're exploring those options. But it doesn't, there's no, we're on the clock if you're Portland. If they don't trade Dame by the start of training camp or the start of the NBA season, they'll eventually get around to it. Find somebody who's willing to maybe, and maybe Miami will up the ante. But if I'm Miami, I'll be like, uh, I don't know, we'll give you Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and maybe a draft pick. Is that good? Because Dame wants to go there. But with Shohei Otani, he keeps talking about winning is so important and you know, being a free agent. He said, I, I haven't been a free agent, and it feels like that's where everything is going towards the offseason. Well, if he's thinking about being a free agent, then he's not thinking about staying with the Angels because it feels like, all right, let me see what's out there. Now, he could say, you know, I'd love for free agency, but this is my home. I like the direction we're headed in. I like playing at this ballpark. I like these people. You know, we haven't heard anything like that. He's going to test the market. And if he's going to test the market, then I have to test him. 
and say, all right, then we're going to explore trade. If you, if you want to go out on the open market, good for you. Be a great business person. Certainly understand that. We have to run our business as well. Yeah, Paul. I was watching MLB Network, and they're discussing how complex of a trade it is. It's not just as simple as Otani is the greatest prospect, and you should get the biggest haul in history, like the Herschel Walker trade. They have to trade him to a team, and that team who's trading for him has to know or have to have a good inkling that they're going to sign him after they get him. Because otherwise, you're not going to give up your entire farm system for a rental, which makes it, it doesn't, you know, the Angels don't have all the power here. Yeah, you know, it's the same thing with Portland. You know, Portland has some leverage, but not that much because Dame took it away from them. And it feels like there'll be another team that has to get involved with Dame. But if I'm the Dodgers, then you, you would say to Otani's agent, look, we're going to make this trade, but we want to sign him. We, we have to have an agreement that he is going to sign for the next 10 years or the, the Mets. See, I would think this is where the Mets owner, Steve Cohen, who has been spending money, and uh, spent too much money on a bad roster, does he try to clean it all up by going, okay, I made a couple of mistakes here. How about I just bring in Shohei Otani? And with no salary cap, okay. You know, it's going to cost him uh, three-quarters of a billion dollars, but can you make that up? How long does it take to make that up? If you're the Angels and you sign him to $600 million contract, 10 years, do they? What, what are the analytics that show, hey, this is how we're going to make this money up? And I don't know if they have that, where you can say, oh, we're going to make a billion dollars. Jeff Passan of uh, ESPN, their baseball insider, talked about, and Harold Reynolds, oh, you can make a billion dollars marketing him. Okay. I mean, I'd love to see that, see a, a, you know, a PowerPoint where you go, this is how we're going to make that money back but you're not going to be playing meaningful baseball here. He wants to play meaningful baseball. And I do think getting a taste of the World Baseball Classic and winning and how important that was, I think that that's going to factor in. That'll, that'll loom large with Shohei Otani and whether he stays with the Angels or not. Yes, Mark? You know, if uh, Shohei doesn't get traded, the Angels play in New York late, uh, late August, it says. Yeah. Can you imagine what the reception is going to be like when he comes up to the plate or he's on the mound and all the Photoshop jerseys coming up ready for Otani yeah. and all of the chants? Sure. It's almost like uh, whenever there's a pending free agent that plays at the Garden and the Knicks fans are always like, all right, you know, whatever free agent that isn't going to play for us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but the Yankees or Mets would have a legitimate shot at him. Now, is he playing against the Mets or the Yankees when uh, he comes to New York? The Mets. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would have Japanese Heritage Night every night that he's there. Uh, I would bring out everybody you could possibly, you know, the uh, what crazy uh, rich Asians, the cast from that movie. Uh, Brings truck night, just bringing some trucks and cash, (laughs) whatever. Hedge fund night. I that would be the the uh, like the call to the bullpen. It'd be a Brinks truck where you're bringing in a a pitcher there. Have like money just spill out of the Brinks truck and then put it back in there. Yes, Todd. I love that idea. Thank you, Todd. Ah. All right, the uh, old poll question from the uh, first hour, and what we're going to go with hour two, Seton O'Connor. Well, we put up there because uh, we had Mike Florio on. Is Andrew Luck a Hall of Famer? Oh no, he's not. Uh, and the audience <laughs> overwhelmingly, Dan, agrees with you. Yeah. Not even close. 88%. You can't make the case. Most I think... people are wondering who in the hell said yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I don't know how many times you voted on yes, but it's about worth about 12% of the vote. Yeah, you, you, you can't. Um, he, he was a good quarterback, maybe on his way, you know, playing in playoff games or maybe a Super Bowl. What if Russell Wilson, he won one and then he lost one? And let's say that his career ended after Seattle. Because Mike Florio was pointing this out. The longer Russell Wilson plays, if he continues to play the way he did last year, he's watering down those years with Seattle. And it might hurt him down the road because what have you done for me lately with the Hall of Fame voters? Yeah, Pauline. I guess if you wanted to compare it to guys, Russell Wilson's first 10 years are drastically better than Eli Manning's first 10 years as a regular season quarterback. Uh, he's 150, 104 and 53 in Seattle, 308 touchdowns, nine, uh, 292 touchdowns and 87 picks. His stats are drastically better than a guy like Eli Manning. 
He went to two Super Bowls and was one and one. Eli went to two. He was two and zero. Oh. Yeah, he's a better quarterback than Eli. Yeah, but his last name isn't Manning; it's <laughs> Wilson. And I think you got to factor that in. He played in New York and he beat Tom Brady and the Patriots. Yes, Mark. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. And was he? He was MVP in one of those. Twice. Oh, he was twice MVP. Yeah. I know. I just handed him the award that one time. Oh, okay. That's when I. I handed him the keys. He won a, a Corvette. It was a black-on-black Corvette. But he had a dealership. He had a deal with a Toyota dealership in New Jersey. And he didn't want to be seen with the keys to the Corvette. And I had to yell at him to take the keys. I'm up on the podium. I'm like, Eli, take the keys. And then I found out that he kept the car in Mississippi in a, in a garage down there. Yes, Paul. Eli Manning in his career with the Giants was 117 and 117. Yeah. He never won a playoff game in a season where he didn't win a Super Bowl. Okay. He went 4-0 twice and then never won another playoff game. Yeah. It, his stats, 366 touchdowns, 244 picks are nice. The only category he ever led the NFL in was interceptions, interceptions. twice. Yeah. If he was 1-1, one one, he can't get in, can he? Okay, if it's the one Super Bowl win was the Patriots' perfect season, then yeah. Yeah, they probably. What if he went to one and won, and then he went to one and lost? And he had all these numbers. I guess we'll so, never know. So, Does he pull that same Joe Montana? No. I'll just never know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it's like to lose. That is long. a great response by Joe Montana. Yeah. That, that was a great, you know, because we were talking to him at the Super Bowl in New York, and I remember when we brought up that topic, and McLovin called him a system quarterback. <laughs> uh, and then we were talking about, you know, hey, comparing his career with Brady's, and he goes, I, I mean, I don't know what it's like to lose a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, Paul. <laughs> and I don't know if he knew he was being cocky, but you asked him something like, would you rather be 4-0 or 6-3? and you know, like, what, what's it like to lose? He yeah. goes, I have no frame of reference. I yeah, I never lost a Super Bowl. Yeah, Yes, Todd. Whatever. So could not handing that ball off to Marshall and Lynch, assuming that Lynch would have got in, that could be the difference in getting into Canton and honoring him forever, Russell Wilson? Well, let's, his career's not over. Let's see what he does in Denver. If, I guess if he plays a very average rest of his career with Denver and they're just, they don't do much, anything significant, I would make you change your mind one way or the other and you just concentrate on his Seattle years. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I think he's hard to quantify because I don't think he was the reason why they were successful. I think their defense was largely responsible for that, and they did run the ball well, but I do think he he created situations where he was the best player on the field. I'll go back to that Super Bowl that they lost. In the fourth quarter, the Patriots had no answer for him. He was unbelievable. But, you know, that plague will go down in, in history. Because you could have had a, a run-pass option there where the only person who can get the ball is my receiver or it goes incomplete. But when that play call is called in by Daryl Bevel, and I wonder if he had the option to change that. Maybe if he comes on again, I'll ask him that. Did he have the option? And I'm going to guess you do because you can look at the defense and say, I, I don't want to call that play. And I, oh, God, it brings back memories. I was underneath the goalpost, and I'm staring at Marshawn Lynch because Marshawn Lynch is getting this football, and he's running right towards me, and they're going to win the Super Bowl. And when I watched Marshawn Lynch, all of a sudden, he's not getting the ball, and Russ gets ready to pass, and I go, oh, no. And then we saw the interception. I thought it was just deflected, and I thought, oh, my God. How could you call that play down there? Over the middle. Yes, Eden. There's no way Russ had the authority or autonomy Are to change that. Oh, I am man. positive. That right up until the very day he left, the chant was, let Russ cook, because he didn't have control over what he was doing. There's absolutely no way in a play like that in the Super Bowl that he was given the green light to change that play. And... Pete Carroll, after the game, was like, We've, we ran it for like five or six times that year, and it worked every single time. There was no reason to think that that play wasn't going to work in that moment. Yeah. But that's the thing. Belichick knew that they ran it during the season. Yeah, and, I wonder and, how. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> probably watched tape of them running it. Yeah, that's probably how. Exactly. So when he is saying to Malcolm Butler, 
when you see this, go right to the ball. They knew what they were going to run. You've got to have a run pass on. You have to. God. Yes, Mark. Malcolm Butler should always get a check from the Patriots. Am I right? Just like some, like an He didn't even get MVP. I had to, I was going to guilt Tom Brady into giving the keys to Malcolm Butler. They sat him in the next Super Bowl. Well, it's like the greatest conspiracy <laughs> of all time. But don't you respect Belichick that nope. he is. Ne- no. <laughs> no, win the damn don't, game. Don't you. Okay, but. Win if, the game. What the I hell was, are you doing? But if I was playing for Belichick and I knew that he was not going to leak information or have his buddies in the media and tell people like, you know, hey, you know what this guy was doing? He was out partying. He does. I, I respect that, that he didn't. Nothing leaked. I would rather know what happened with Malcolm Butler and that Super Bowl with the Eagles than what really happened with JFK uh, at this point. <laughs> it's, or, I'm just, or it's very close. I could find out what truly happened to either thing. Malcolm Butler is right up there. <laughs> what in the hell happened? He's crying. I guess they just don't believe in me anymore. What? Why? Why not? Isn't that where Brady goes to Belichick and says, what are you doing? Okay. That's not your side of the ball. <laughs> yeah, why don't you go take care of the offense? That's uh, not yeah. your side of the ball, Tom. Yeah, great. You're going to have Giselle say something to me as well. Yes, Marvin. Uh, Tom, Brady, Tom Brady, that was probably his best game. In, oh, he threw for 500 Bowl. yards. No no interceptions. But so did Nick Foles. Well, I know. Nick Foles threw for 8,000 yards uh, yeah, that game. Yeah, and you would think maybe having a good defensive back there to help could have maybe – Prevented Nick Foles from having a career day. Yes, Paul. Going back to that Patriots Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl, that uh, the interception. I I got a breakdown here. What and it's about a couple of analysts. What why they think they threw the ball on second down. It was first and goal of the New England five on first down. Marshawn Lynch runs for four yards down to the one. Uh, second, they let the clock run because they wanted to burn some clock. Seattle had one timeout left. On second down, they passed it. The, the analysts say they think they passed it because if it was incomplete, they could run on third down, have that timeout to use in case they wanted to go for a field goal. You can throw the ball down there, not over the middle. That, that was the only problem I had. They threw it over the middle. And then I thought they got away with it, that it was just an incomplete pass, and then you realize Malcolm Butler made what you could say is the greatest play in the history of the NFL. It won a Super Bowl. Yeah, Paul. They gave the ball to Marshawn. Seattle gave the ball to Marshawn Lynch four times in short yardage situations to get a first down. The first two were successful. The next two were not successful. Mm. And the analysts also in this piece speculate that maybe that's the reason they did not give it to him there because it hadn't worked last A run-pass option. That's all. That's all you had to do. Run-pass option. Nobody gets hurt. Throw the ball out. Clock stops. Maybe Russ can get in. Yes, Todd. Yeah, I love that play where, you know, any quarterback that's even a decent runner, you roll out. If you've got your receiver a tight end open, you hit him for the touchdown. Or if you've got it, just run it in. If you don't want to just give it to Marshawn again, if it's too obvious, they're going to hand it to Yes, Paulie. Let's say uh, Russell Wilson completes a pass and it's a touchdown, they win the game. Would we have said afterwards, what a great play. Everyone's thinking it's going to Marshawn Lynch and they go the other direction. Yeah, exactly. Yes. We would have, right? Yes. So that means it is or is not the right call. Well, no, there are plays that happen, and you go, oh, my God. Oh, it worked. Like, if you would have stopped as he dropped back and you saw it was a pass, and he Like stopped. Eli's pass to David Tyree. David Tyree made it a great play. It, it, you know, Eli gets out of the grasp and, you know, spins around and then throws it up for grabs. What if Rodney Harrison picks it off? We'd go, oh, my God, what an ill-advised pass. But David Tyree made it a great play. All right, let me take a break. We'll get some phone calls coming up. We're back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Traeger Grills. Uh, Traeger.com. I don't know what we have tomorrow. Anybody get any heads up with uh, what's happening? And also your uh, cookout music. What are we uh, going with here? We haven't even talked about this. I know. You know what? Let's think about it. Well, we, we've been on vacation, I think so. Yeah, but, yeah. but we haven't been on vacation starting Monday. I am curious about food, though, tomorrow. Yeah, well, music and food. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious that. about that. Yeah, well, I am too, Traeger. Uh, the, uh, I'm hungry now, I'll tell you that. I am man. too. I, could... I know, but I'm not feeding you now. 
You're not, dang. No, Friday. What? Well, tomorrow's Bastille Day. Is there any kind of French cuisine, or is that too complicated? I'm not sure. Do you want to do the menu? I'll have to look into uh, mm. some kind of yum French meatballs. Do they do that in France? Swedish meatballs. That wouldn't be French. And they're still not French. <laughs> oh, my God. Baguette, croissant, I don't know. Traeger.com. See what's cooking in the Traeger hood. Don't forget, use DP Show at checkout for free shipping. Traeger.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Basketball fans know that things can be a little crazy this time of the year. Anything can happen. Last-minute buzzer beaters, gaps in health coverage. But when the last one happens, you need Affleck to help you bounce back from the expenses health insurance doesn't cover. You may have seen the Affleck duck working with some pretty famous coaches. But did you know Affleck is a leader in supplemental insurance? Look, health insurance wasn't designed to cover everything. So when an illness or injury happens... You can be hit with medical bills that some people don't have the cash on hand to pay. That's where Affleck comes in to help. When you're sick or injured, bills can rack up fast. Affleck pays cash that can be put towards medical expenses like co-pays or even non-medical expenses like groceries or rent. It's never a good idea to try to play through an injury or illness, and that's why you got to level up your defense when there's gaps in health coverage. Affleck has the assist for you. Get help with expenses health insurance doesn't cover. Visit Affleck.com to learn more. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The brilliant EQE SUV from Mercedes-Benz with available digital light technology. It's so smart, even the headlamps are thinking. The vehicle's all electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. Learn more at mbusa.com slash EQE dash SUV. Seaton says that he would rather find out why Bill Belichick benched Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl than he would the JFK assassination. It's this close. It's that close? Yeah. Okay, what is the greatest unanswered question in sports history? Pauline? I would like to know if the NBA fixed the draft with Patrick Ewing because if they did, they're geniuses, okay. and I almost applaud them for it. All right. uh, I, I, they've discussed it. David Stern, you talked to him about it. I could see it happening. If you're a league... Remember, you, do, you, don't, you didn't talk to David Stern too long about that topic, no. just letting you know. You, you made like a joke about it, and he joked back with you, and then the topic was broached. Yeah. But it was, you, weren't, you didn't ask, did you do it? Todd? The greatest unanswered sports question of all time. Maybe if they would have called a foul on Jordan for that little push-off with uh, Brian Russell, how that would have changed him. Not his uh, that's reputation. That's the greatest? That's, I didn't know you were going to ask me, so that's what it came up with. <laughs> but 
going going back to the '85 thing with Ewing, the NBA was not the powerhouse it was. You know, I I could see it. Jordan didn't I, really push off, by the way. Yeah, yeah, didn't have to. Seaton, you already have yours. Marvin, greatest unanswered sports question in history is. I got to think about it. We just talked about <laughs> this during the commercial break. Why are you surprised? I know you're going to ask us. <laughs> what if C-Web didn't call that timeout that they didn't have? Hey, that's not a mystery. That's, that's not, not a mystery. No, mystery. Right. Todd, you don't get the question at oh, all. Oh, my God. <laughs> the, the greatest unanswered sports question of all time might be Michael Jordan, why he went to play baseball. Oh, that's a good one. Dang. Fantastic. That, Frank, that's why you're you, Dan. Yep, that's Frank, I saw you. the uh, Nets studio host and uh, contributor to Around the Horn, pardon the interruption, and uh, Sirius XM NBA Radio, the starting lineup. Frank, the greatest unanswered sports question in history is? Oh, ask, ask your folks, because before you came on, they asked me, and that was the one I came up with also. I said, Michael Jordan leaving for those two years. What exactly was the reason? And does Chicago, and you and I were around during that run, I believe they absolutely win those two championships. And maybe Michael Jordan would have won eight in a row. And one other thing about you guys both mentioned, I had to laugh about the frozen envelope that might have been put in uh, dry ice, the whole thing. I remember doing a story when I was at the Daily News because the Knicks were back in the lottery for the first time in a long time. And I got David Stern on the phone and I asked him two questions about the frozen envelope. And on the second one, he said, I think we should move on, Frank, before you keep continuing to accuse me of a felony. <laughs> and, you know, D- David Stern had that way about him. I said, yeah. yes, sir. And yeah. I moved on to something else. <laughs> um, do you think there will ever be a 30 for 30 on Michael Jordan and why he really went to play baseball? Or do you think there's going to be an expose on that, that he really went to play baseball because he was burned out with basketball and he wanted to do this because... His dad always wanted him to try to play baseball. Yeah, and I always think with these things, it's never just one thing. It's even when guys step away from coaching or from playing. I think his dad uh, passing away probably had something to do with it. Maybe he really was worn down. Maybe he was in trouble with the league over something. It is funny. During the um, the great, the last dance, they, they did address it a bit. And they just, you know, the, the rumor out there that maybe he was going to get in trouble for gambling. And instead of being suspended, he said, you know what? I'm just going to walk away for a while. And they asked four people about it. It was a Brian McIntyre, who was David Stern's right-hand man, David Falk, Michael Jordan. And I believe David Stern was asked about it, too. I think those would be the only four people in the world that would know the real story. And all four of them said, you're crazy. If you think he just decided to walk away. Now, I always was convinced those were the only four people that know the true story. What do you think happened? I think he was a little worn down. I think, you know, being Michael Jordan probably got to him a little bit. Maybe he wanted another challenge. You know, he had been spoken to about some of his ties to, you know, who was the gambler that he played golf with. And maybe he said, you know what, I'm getting tired of being questions about this stuff. You guys see how the league survives without me for a year. And maybe, <laughs> again, I think it might have been a number of factors. Last night at the ESPYs, it's the greatest night in sports because you work at ESPN and you're supposed to uh, love the ESPYs. Here is uh, a portion of LeBron James' speech. LeBron James' speech. Everything to the game still. (laughs) Truth is, I've been asking myself this question at the end of the season for a couple years now. I just never openly talked about it. I don't care how many more points I score or what I can or cannot do on the floor. The real question for me is, can I play without cheating this game? The day I can't give the game everything on the floor is the day I'll be done. Lucky for you guys, that day is not today. Okay, why is this a celebration? Who thought LeBron was going to retire? Nobody did. Okay. But he gave us a story for like a day. And in the <laughs> moments right after you lose a playoff game, guys say things that a week, two weeks, a month later don't really hold true. And let's remember something as well. All there was was talk about him playing eventually one day with his son. His son is going to be at USC this year. If he stays one year, then LeBron will have a chance to play with him two years down the road. After talking about playing with his son all this time, yeah. you get eliminated by Denver and he decides in that moment, I'm done. No one 
ever believe that. No one believed it for a moment. The thing, too, is, though, when he said cheating the game, I think the players today, so they look at it a little bit different. I think LeBron knows at his age and the way that he plays and to stay healthy, he could probably give you 60 solid games during the regular season. Someone has got to take care about the other 20 to 22, and then I'll see you in the playoffs. That's the issue now. How can the Lakers survive without LeBron? Because you figure – the days of him playing 70 games, I think, are over. It's probably more in the 60 range right now. But I'm also wondering this. Does LeBron stay if he is not the number one option? Or I mean, Anthony Davis should be the number one option, but he has, you know, failed in doing that. Yeah. Could, well, could I, think he, I think he wants Anthony Davis to be the number one option. That's kind of part of the problem. You watch the way the guy played during the playoffs. I'm talking about LeBron. Mm. He was still a dominant force. You know, it's amazing on the one hand that at his age he could still do this, but I think there's part of him that says, come on, guys, somebody else needs to do this. Let me be part of it. Every once in a while I'll have a great game. Because even when they were winning some of those playoff games, it wasn't like LeBron was giving you the 38-point triple-double. He was still playing well enough. He still makes those around him better, but he still needs a little bit of help here at this age. Yeah, but I wonder, could he be a second or third option? Like, would his ego allow that to happen? Because he's become a jump shooter. You know, yeah. he, he doesn't want the wear and tear of going to the hoop anymore. It's He is settling for jumpers, and he's not a good jump shooter. But I wonder, you know, Anthony Davis could be the first option. They're not going to have a second option. But I wonder if he could get into that role of, like Chris Bosh did in Miami. Exactly. Where he became a third option for the betterment of the team. You know, if, if he went to, let's say, for argument's sake, he went to a place like Denver, I think he, he would certainly work in an ensemble cast there with Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. Maybe he'd be the second option if he ever made it to the Golden State Warriors. I think at this stage he would, and he certainly would, if that team had gets his son, Bronny, and then LeBron wants to play there. If LeBron went to a team with already that dominant number one guy. Do you really think, think he's right, going to play on a team with his son? I think, you know, you hear Brian Winhorst talk about it all the time. I think LeBron still wants to win a title, but I think the thing that makes it would make it unique for him is to play with his son. Because remember, he's probably not going to get the six titles that Michael had, but he's got the all-time scoring record. And now he could do something that Michael never got to do. You're going to play with his son professionally. You know, We still talk about when Ken Griffey Sr. played with Ken Griffey Jr., how incredible that was. For LeBron to be able to do that, to have that kind of staying power. But part of it, too, is that's LeBron's dream. What is his son's dream? I know this, Dan. His son is going to make about four to five, six million dollars in NIL at USC. Yeah. It's kind of a nice life being on the USC campus. His son might look around and say, you know what? This might be better than just being at the end of somebody's bench in the NBA. Maybe I'll stick around USC for a while. How do you think this plays out with uh, Miami and Portland with Dame? I think it eventually will happen. I love the fact that Joe Cronin has to come out and remind everyone. We get it. Pat Riley's great. He's the godfather. And the Miami Heat fans are all crazy. They think Damian Lillard should have been traded there a week ago. And you have the people in the media and NBA players think that Damian Lillard should get just get whatever he wants. Well, Joe Cronin, his best interest is the Portland Trailblazers. And guess what? He's allowed to want to do what's best for Portland and get a good deal for them. No one knows Joe Cronin. So the first move that he's ever really going to make that people are paying attention to is trading one of the most popular players, if not the most popular player in franchise history. Is he allowed to get a good deal back for him? Or is it just about making Damian Lillard happy, the Miami Heat fan base happy, and Pat Riley happy? Like It'll happen at some point, but it's complicated, Dan. It's probably going to include multiple teams. When you do that, these trades uh, tend to take a while. I know you spent time at the Summer League, and... I always like to see what competition you're facing. So Victor Wambayama, I think we were looking at him. We weren't necessarily looking at the competition. It was just him. He was yep. sort of the only guy out there, even though there were nine other players on the floor. The biggest question that you still have about Victor Wambayama is what? Well, I would think physically, can he hold up? Because Chet Holmgren, who has been dominant in summer league, it's his second year in the league. He missed all of last season. He got hurt playing that pro-am out in Seattle. So that, to me, would be the big thing. You know, physically, can he hold up well enough? Because the, the first game that he played, you know, he he was not good offensively. Why people just couldn't say that? It doesn't mean that he's not going to be a good player. Yeah. doesn't mean that he's a bust. But I just found it weird that he everyone was trying. We, there's a million excuses why he didn't play that well. He's 19. He just finished a season in the French League. All the attention, the pressure, maybe the Britney Spears thing had something to do with the sold-out crowd. But let's acknowledge that he didn't have a good game offensively. Defensively, he was pretty good, and then he had a good bounce-back game 
on Sunday, and then they decided to shut him down. I know this. Greg Popovich, who usually during summer league is hanging out, I think he's got a house up in Maine. He was there for both of Victor Wembanyama's games, so clearly it means something to Greg Popovich, enough so that he got a five-year contract extension as well. If they got Scoot Henderson and not Victor Wembanyama, is Greg Popovich signing a five-year contract? I don't think he is. I don't think he is. And that's why, and you know this, when you look at the teams that were going to be in the lottery, I kept thinking he's either going to go to Orlando, who always seems to get a center, Shaq and Dwight Howard, or the Rockets, if you, you know, Ralph Sampson, Akeem, Yao Ming, or he's going to go to San Antonio, the team that always gets lucky, David Robinson, Tim Duncan. Sure enough, it ends up being the San Antonio Spurs. And I think you're right. I think that Greg Popovich looks at it as a challenge. Remember how many people had said Greg Popovich will leave when Tim Duncan leaves. Tim Duncan's been out of the league a long time, and Greg Popovich still is just signed a five-year deal, so he's not giving up anytime soon. Good to talk to you, Frank. Thanks for joining us as always. Good seeing you, Dan. Take care. Frank Isola, Nets studio host and contributor to Around the Horn, and pardon the interruption. Jeff in Tampa joins us. Hi, Jeff. What's on your mind today? Oh, yeah. Uh, EP, I have the same uh, kind of question as Frank. I was wondering why the uh, NBA players, how do they have the owners over the barrel where the other guys don't? Like, where you saying, just trade me to uh, Miami? Like, I don't understand why the owner can't be like, no, I'm going to trade you to Minnesota. You're 33 with what? $200 million left under contract. I mean, he's not going to sit out. I don't understand why the NBA guys have that power over the owners and the other guys don't in the other leagues. And uh, just real quick, I know you guys are saturated with it, um, but um, with uh, Victor Wembanyama nicknames, I mean, the best you guys had was the Escar Goat. I mean, he, he shoots threes. He tickles the twine, the French tickler. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you. I like the French chais. Escar Goat was great. That was a Paulie suggestion there. Uh, you know, players have asked out. Players have said, I want to go one place. But I agree with what the Blazers are doing. Hey, we'll eventually get around to this. We're trying to do what's best for both. Dame was wonderful for this franchise, but we can't give him away. We have to get something in return. Yes, yeah, Eden. Yeah, why, why do we tend to look at things as like, who has control and then who's forcing their way rather than to me, it seems perfectly reasonable that the Blazers and Dame could like come to the table and be like, let's find a way to make us both happy where it's not just, well, we're in control. So you're going to Minnesota because that's where we get the best deal. I, I don't know that it has to be that contentious. Well, does it? it doesn't, but Dame put the Blazers in a really delicate situation. Hey, we want to do what's best for us, but we want to take care of you as well. Yeah. And when he says, I'm only going to Miami, well, if you're Miami, then you're in a great position. You're like, he wants to come here. Hey, we're going to offer you this, and that's all we're going to offer you. Then you don't want to disgruntle Dame Lillard going back to Portland. But then, as people have pointed out, is he going to ruin his reputation, stain his reputation? He's going to sit out. He doesn't want to play. You know, his birthday is what, next week? Was he going to be 33? You know, he's got a window of opportunity here that he's said to the Blazers, my window of opportunity is not here. Send me to Miami. But if I'm, I mean, Pat Riley is a shrewd operator. What's he going to give up? Because he's not going to overpay for Dame Lillard. Yeah, Paulie. I found a couple articles that say Damian Lillard does not have a no-trade clause in his contract. No, yeah, that's true. And then, uh, but if he would have given a list of four teams, then you can you can you know, four teams. Miami, but he my doesn't favorite. want to go to the other teams. But, mm, if so, I could give you four. It, it's like, hey, there's four four women you could date, but I only want to date that one. Yeah, but there's four of them. No, that that's the one I want to date. That's what he wants to do. Don't put up these other you know, teams because he doesn't want to go there. Now, maybe he will go, I, I don't want to stay in Portland. He wants a chance to win, play meaningful games. Philadelphia, to me, would have been interesting. but you know, Or Boston. But he didn't want to go to Boston. Yes, Mark. Why has Portland been on the like rebuilding path, by the way? Well, I don't know if it was by design. I think it's uh, you're not winning, and they keep getting draft picks, high draft picks, and you were waiting for that maybe. I mean, you know, C.J. McCollum, they traded him. And when they traded him to New Orleans, 
um, some of those first-round picks haven't been great. Haven't, but I, I do think they have a nucleus here, but they're probably two or three years away, maybe two years away. If Scoot Henderson is who we think he is, uh, Sharp is really good, Simons. So you, you have three right there that are pretty good players or the potential to be pretty good players. Now can I get something else over the next two years? Free agents, another draft pick, and then maybe we could build something here. Yeah, Paul. Since they drafted Lillard in 2012, they've only had one top 10 draft pick. They're always good. You know, so they would ne- they were never picking in the lottery after he got there. They're always competitive. They're always picking in the from 15 to 25. And Dame actually hurt them by yeah. keep keeping them too competitive. <laughs> if he had been more of a team player, he wouldn't have been so good. So they could have gotten. It's really it's only he, he has to blame himself okay, for right. why he doesn't oh, have any good wow. teammates. He should have had a nice back injury season, right. and they could have tanked. Exactly. Like a pro. Thanks uh, a lot, Dame. Yeah. Okay. Easy with their good playing for decades. The greatest sports mystery of all time. The greatest unanswered question in sports history. Open phone America. (laughs) Tyler, standing by to take your phone calls. We'll take a break. We're back after this. It's not the first question I'm often asked, but it does come up. Dan, what's your sleep number? I say 75. And then you might get somebody who says, uh, hey, every great day starts the night before. It does, thanks to sleep number. Smart beds, they learn how you sleep, so you learn how you sleep and how to sleep better. Trouble falling asleep? They have suggestions. Sleep too hot or too cold? They have temperature-adjusting beds and bedding to help you sleep just right. Let's say your partner snores. Let's say you snore. Yeah, sleep number. An adjustable base bed that has partner snore technology. They thought of it all. So go in and ask about your sleep number setting. Ask about sleep IQ technology. Sleep number, next level. Unlock your unique potential with a smart bed that can perform as well as you. And now save $1,200 on sleep number's most popular 360 smart bed, plus special financing for a limited time. Only at sleep number stores or sleepnumber.com slash Patrick. See store for details. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of the Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Basketball fans know that things can be a little crazy this time of the year. Anything can happen. Last-minute buzzer beaters, gaps in health coverage. But... When the last one happens, you need Affleck to help you bounce back from the expenses health insurance doesn't cover. You may have seen the Affleck duck working with some pretty famous coaches, but did you know Affleck is a leader in supplemental insurance? Look, health insurance wasn't designed to cover everything, so when an illness or injury happens, you can be hit with medical bills that some people don't have the cash on hand to pay. That's where Affleck comes in to help. When you're sick or injured, bills can rack up fast. Affleck pays cash that can be put towards medical expenses like co-pays or even non-medical expenses like groceries or rent. It's never a good idea to try to play through an injury or illness, and that's why you got to level up your defense. When there's gaps in health coverage, Affleck has the assist for you. Get help with expenses health insurance doesn't cover. Visit Affleck.com to learn more. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 
Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I don't know how we stumbled on this, but we did. That's pretty much what we do every day. How did we stumble on that topic? The uh, greatest sports mysteries in history. Uh, let's see. Here's a website. Not sure the website here, if you know what the website is, Todd. For Greatest Mysteries, uh, CampusSports.net did something uh, last September. They put something together. Okay. Number five, Greatest Sports Mysteries. Spygate. <laughs> well, we solved that already, but not a mystery for those of us informed. Number four, I didn't know this was a topic. Carl Lewis's alleged use of PEDs. Ooh. Roll. Have <laughs> <By> the rockets. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Here is what <laughs> you have to remember. This would all be well and good if Lewis himself wasn't also under fire for substance abuse. He had failed three drug tests prior to the 1988 Olympics, but because it was ruled inadvertent by the IOC... He was still permitted to compete. Uh, let's see. Then they talk about that 1988 with Ben Johnson, the 100 meters. Uh, they called it the dirtiest race in history because of the alleged steroid users. Okay. Number three, 1972 Immaculate Reception. So that was the, uh, the ricochet. Uh, that Franco Harris took in for the touchdown. But you couldn't have two offensive players touch the ball. So I guess the ricochet did it. Ricochet off a defensive player, Jack Tatum, I believe, and uh, not Frenchie Fuqua, and then it went to Franco Harris. I think that was uh, the uh, uh, big problem with it. Many people have noticed um, the peculiarity in this. Uh, the rule has since been changed that... Um, Pittsburgh went on to win. The rule was changed. Um, let's see. What else? Many people watching noticed uh, that the pass uh, was incomplete. Uh, Frenchie Fuqua even admitted in a postgame interview that he did initially touch the ball before it flew into the arms of his teammate. Nevertheless, the score stood, leaving one of the more controversial plays in playoff history. Clearly, there's no review at the time, but if you watch the play again, I've got it online right now. When Franco goes to scoop the ball up, you can't see the bottom of his fingers and where his fingers, because the ball looks like it's almost hitting the turf as well. I do think it's one of the greatest pieces of video ever captured that they focused on Franco Harris, and they had a singular shot of Franco Harris, you know, getting the ball. Uh, whether they had it, you know, top to bottom where you could see the entire picture, okay. Uh, but the fact that they had a, they had a camera on him and I always go back to Tony Dungy when he was with the Steelers. He said Franco ran out every play, always all the way to the end zone and back, always. And that helped them, you know, win that playoff game against the Raiders because Franco was carrying out the play. The ball wasn't going to him. It was a pass over the middle. Uh, so the immaculate reception. Uh, number two is Michael Jordan's retirement. Uh, let's see. Main source of credibility for the rumor that the NBA was uh, cracking down on Jordan for gambling. 1993 publication citing Jordan's gambling habits. However, others argue after his father passed away, his love for the sport died with him. Uh, so, and 
Yeah, Paul. This this one never made sense to me because why would you want Michael Jordan out of the game for two years when instead you could just cover it up? Because they clearly covered it up if he was betting on basketball, which mm. you know that would be the only, if, if they found out who's betting on football, nobody would have cared. If they found out who's betting on the NBA in some fashion, that'd have been a big, big deal. So they clearly covered it up if it was true. He was just gambling, right? Which is not a big deal. He was playing poker. They would have done nothing to make him leave the sport for two years. The number one biggest sports question. Kurt Schilling's bloody sock. Oh, no. Nice try. Great guess. Yeah. 1973 is when this happened. I don't have any questions about this, but the 1973 Battle of the Sexes with Billie Jean King versus Bobby Riggs in the Astrodome. That uh, many speculated that Riggs intentionally threw the match. Um, many people cite the fact that Riggs had soundly defeated Margaret Court, the number one female tennis player in the world, just four months earlier in the Battle of the Sexes. Perhaps for the sake of giving more credibility to women's tennis, Riggs willingly allowed Billie Jean King to crush him. Also noted that uh, Riggs lobbed up an unusual number of shots directly into King's red zone. Um, also, another theory, Bobby Riggs, a prominent gambler, had racked up some heavy debts, $100,000 worth, in order to shake the mafia from his back. He promised to uh, promised a spectacle up to Vegas' standards that would earn his creditors millions of dollars for betting against him. Numerous reasons for uh, suspicion piled up against Riggs. He denied throwing the match. It remains the most widely contended, one of the most widely contended events in uh, sports history. A few on there that I didn't have any questions about, but now I do. Final hour coming up. In case you're wondering, our starting lineup, Fritzy, Seton, Marvin, Paulie, yours too. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.